This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber. To improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Everything that's been packaged and sold to you for your entire life isn't actually true. You can get mm-hmm. as small as you want and look as perfect as it is. It doesn't, it doesn't heal anything. And so I had to go through the very uncomfortable process of unlearning. In the arena, it's not easy. You can't just expect you to just love yourself and you're gonna trek through this and it's gonna be great and beautiful and wonderful. I am not feeling great about my body and I'm simultaneously showing up and doing all the things and living my whole life. Let's take a breath. Hey guys, I'm Sydney Litwako and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi friends, welcome back to the podcast, wherever you're listening from, how many ever times that you've listened, thank you so much for being here right now. Um, I'm so excited about all of the episodes. This one in particular was a long time coming. I'd reached out to Sarah from the Birds of Papaya kind of a while ago. I've been a fan of hers for a while. I've noticed I kept getting her post on my Explorer page and I just felt very drawn to her words and what she represents within the social media world. And I just love accounts that are just open and vulnerable and that are open to sharing basically their lives with other people. And I just find that so interesting in the way that she does it so authentically and shows up so beautifully on such a curated platform and the way that she's able to do that vulnerably and as as herself, as, as her life and her body and all of the shifts that she goes through. She just had a baby recently and is continuing to show up despite all of these life changes that she just went through. And she has all these beautiful children. And I just think she has such a unique story and just a great ability of sharing that so openly without um, editing it really and without questioning it. I think she is so truly authentic and such a good example for kind of everyone out there, but especially for women. It's something that I've thought about a lot too. I have plenty of friends that are moms or recent moms, and I've talked to them often about the changes that you go through, not only just with your life, but also physically with your body and the shifts that you experience and just like the changes that your body naturally go through and how that kind of affects you or can affect you mentally. And I've experienced that vicariously through my friends and not with my own body yet, but it's something I've thought about um, as we grow and as life changes, because no matter what, our our lives are going to shift and change, which is so lovely. But with that, that would mean our body's changing too. And I think a lot of people can mentally get hung up on trying to stay the same as the best version of yourself, whether that was you competing in sports in college or whether that was you as a younger person or whether that was like this dress that you've always wanted to continue to fit into or that was your goal to get back into those jeans from pre-baby, which we set all these goals and all of these parameters for ourselves to fit in, which are great when they're healthy and when you are working to achieve something in a healthy way. But sometimes we put such strong constraints on ourselves and make unrealistic goals and, and restraints on ourselves and especially our body. So I think this conversation today is really, really powerful. I really wanted to get this out there because I just felt like people needed to hear what she has to offer. And she has so many amazing stories just about motherhood and changing bodies and even relationships. Sarah opens up about her former divorce, which led her to her now relationship and how she really learned to love herself again and love herself with 
implement a new relationship and go through some really tragic times in her life and allow herself to go through the things that she feared probably the most in life and seeing how she was strong enough to get through those times and how she ends up in her eyes better on the other side. So she is a really interesting story. I'm sure many of you have heard it. And if you haven't, you're in for a treat. She shares all about how she came to be the successful blogger, podcaster, um, social media person. She has 2 million followers and growing on social media. And I just think she's super incredible because throughout all that, she's still so down to earth and relatable and has some amazing tidbits, especially on this idea of just following the little whispers that the world, universe, God, whatever you believe in gives you and how that can lead you into a direction that you didn't even realize was set for yourself, that you didn't even realize was even possible. I think she is a great reminder of that. And I know you're going to love this conversation. So please enjoy Sarah. And it made me think about this idea of change, which we all go through. And I remember being so scared of change and being so in fear of everything going south or everything changing for the worst. And I've realized recently, especially how much change is so wonderful and how much we grow with change. And I was reminiscing on, I guess I moved to Cincinnati this month last year. So it's been a year that I've moved to a completely new city that I had never visited before moving here, that I didn't have a lot of expectations or didn't have any real pathway for what I was following. At the time, I was unemployed. I had just moved back home during the pandemic. I was dancing on tour before that. I was accomplishing a lot of the things that I had worked for so long in my career and it all kind of went away in a flash, which I know that happened to almost everyone in the pandemic. So I I just know that we've all experienced huge changes, especially in these past couple of years. And I've learned with all the change that beauty can really truly come out of it when you are open and have to go with the flow. And I think another important thing that comes with change is mourning that former version of yourself, mourning what you had before and giving yourself the right amount of time to do that. I remember moving in with Nick in the first few months. I was so happy and like loved being with him and loved creating this new life together. But I was also going through this mourning of my career and what I used to have and all the things that I had built with dance coming to a shrieking halt all of a sudden and my industry kind of ending all of a sudden. So that was really difficult for me. And I've always wanted something that I could create for myself. And I remember seeking out like help and people and therapy and stuff like that to kind of get me through that time. And she made me realize like, you're actually mourning a version of yourself. You have to give yourself that due process, like as if there was a death that you're experiencing mourning a former version of yourself can also go for that. So it was tough. Um, And I I still go up and down with it because you always miss certain aspects of life for certain periods of life that you've had. And it's hard to trust where the new version of yourself is going, trust where this new direction is taking you. But I think with this conversation and what I've been thinking about lately and what's what Sarah talks about, that that change could be what you needed to get your life back on track, what you needed to get your life in the direction that was actually meant for you, especially in whatever period of life you're in. I want to use my little something to share today to remind yourself that change can be good, to lean into it, to embrace it when you can, to be hopeful for positive things coming out of even the hardest, the most negative times in life. I just feel and I trust that we're all on a journey, on a path for a reason. And sometimes we can't see it right away or sometimes it takes much longer than we want it to, to be clear to us for why those things happened or for why you went through hard times. And sometimes it can just appear at once or sometimes it'll take time to really, for you to be able to look back and see why certain things have happened or changed in your life. So that's my, I guess, little tidbit for today. Please enjoy this episode with Sarah. I think it's such a beautiful conversation and I think everyone is going to take something away from it. So share this one with a mother that you know, someone maybe that's having a baby soon, someone that has gone through body acceptance struggles or someone who just wants a little bit of hope that when the craziest things can happen to you in life, there still can be good that comes from them. And maybe it could be the best thing that ever happened to you and you just didn't see it at the time. This one's a great one. Before you guys go, if you enjoyed this episode, please tag us on social media at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. I love hearing from you and write us a five-star review if you feel inclined to. That is all for me today, you guys. Please enjoy this episode with Sarah. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. 
Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. you represent a lot of the things that I find important. And I love that you're such a huge voice for so many women and all the work that you do. And I find you really inspiring. So again, I'm so excited that you're here. So why don't we just kind of jump in to all the things. Um, So I asked this of everyone. And since you are Mm -hmm. new here, I'm wondering if you have something that you brought for us. So I asked people to share either something from their nightstand, something surprising or something with an interesting backstory. What do you have? (laughs) You know what? This is such a unsatisfying answer, but it's the most accurate one. I, my nightstand is such a disgusting mess. Like it is, I'm, I'm not somebody who's well organized at all. I have this like pocket that sits on the side of my bed that like collects things as they go. But there's Mm. one thing that comes with me everywhere, even when I go on trips or anything like that, that'll always end up on my nightstand. And it's not just a phone charger. I have a really deep addiction to having something on my lips as I sleep. I cannot sleep without something on my lips. So I am a huge fan of um, this lip serum from Fit Glow. I know, like I said, mm-hmm. it's not a satisfying answer, no, but it's a real one. And I legitimately will not go to sleep until I've gotten that on. So I keep it right on my nightstand now. So it's that's my consistent piece. I love having just like one hero piece that you yes. always have, yes. you know? And you have a very good plump and I love a good gloss. So you can't really go wrong. I'm wondering then with having that on every night, because my boyfriend physically cannot stand lipstick, lip gloss, Mm -hmm. like anything on my lips. So I'll have to like wipe it off before I kiss him because you just can't stand it. But I just wear it anyways because it makes me happy. So does Shane mind that or what is his thoughts on the gloss? (laughs) This is like where I'm such a brat because I hate when he asks for a kiss after I've put it on because I don't yes. like to waste product and I feel like he's mm-hmm. coming in for my product. Um, <laughs> he also loves the lip serum, so it, it's he's fine with it, but it's more than me that doesn't. Like I'll be like, give me, I'll try and like go in earlier so I can <laughs> avoid that whole like, can you not? Because I just yeah. put this on my lips. Uh, but you know, he really doesn't mind. Like he's, he's one of those people that doesn't really get weirded out by stuff like that. And, and I think maybe it's just his gratitude for the fact that I never, I never complained about having a massive hairy beard come out my face. Mm. So mm. he just kind of puts <laughs> up with it. Right. So yeah, it's, yes. he gets what he gets. It's twofold. Yeah. I forgot about his beard. Then yeah. you get both give a little, get a little, you know? Yeah. But if I have the serum on and he comes to kiss me, then I have to put it on again. And that's where I just, I'm just like, can we just know? The nighttime process has begun at this point and he's messing it up. It's messing begun. up the steps. Yeah. I, I'm not, a, I'm not much of a routine person. I will say that mm-hmm. I, I, I have such respect for people when they do these like rundowns of the day or like how I do my morning routine. And I'm like, am I the only one that wakes up and legitimately just scrambles through their entire day? Like, I just don't have that structure. That's just me as a person. And I'm, I'm done feeling bad about it. So whenever there's something in my life that feels even like the tiny, tiniest bit of a routine, I'm really like, Hey, look at you go. And that's my one, but it's, it's more of a physical feeling. Like I, I genuinely can't fall asleep until I've got Mm -hmm. that on my lips. 
Interesting. I'm gonna have to invest in this. I, I have many, but that's how <laughs> I like sold one. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that you've advertised it for all of us, it's perfect. Amazing. Well, besides that, I also mm. asked this question of everyone, just wondering kind of where everyone's at joining the conversation because I know different parts of our day we can all be feeling different things. So anything that's lately been on your heart, your mind, your thoughts that you kind of want to talk through, share with us. Yeah. So yesterday I was actually, I was thinking about this question a lot and, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to, um, Quigley for this Casey, but, uh, her, her account officially Quigley, she made this incredible post about how, you know, we're so black and white about what it's, what's okay. And what's not okay. Like we're very, we come down hard on women when they use filters on their face or, you know, they post Mm -hmm. filtered photos or, or change certain things about their looks when they post it but then it's okay to wear like foundation. We're allowed to like physically filter or we're allowed to put highlights in our hair, but it's not mm-hmm. okay to like, that's like a, that's like a permanent physical change, but then you can't go get like Botox or something like that. And mm-hmm. she was like, why, like, where are these lines? Like, why are, why are these, this, that, like just, and she wasn't even saying one way or the other. It was just like prompting this question to, you know, ourselves and like, why is tattoo such a beautiful representation of creativity? And then we come down hard on when somebody might, you know, digitally alter their hair color or something like that. I'm just such a huge fan of body autonomy. I just think that everyone should be able to do whatever the heck they want. And I also think Mm -hmm. that picking low bearing fruit when somebody is filtering their face or struggling with what they look like to, to put blame on that person or to come down on that person really feels like low hanging fruit when you're not even looking at the bigger picture and the beauty standards that exist. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the, so much narratives that have happened over the years, um, that have caused a lot of this thinking and and to just blame women and be like, do better, be better women. Mm. I, I feel like it's a, it's a whole system at play. So that really has been something that I've been nerding out on for the last 24 hours. Yeah. I would say I've been just really nerding out on, huh, this is such an interesting question to ask. Where's that line? And why are we so pro one thing and not the other? It's just a really, mm-hmm. it, even like, if you think about Botox, it, even in and of itself, I don't have any, so I'm just going to, I have in the past, but like, I just to mm-hmm. disclaim, I don't. I find it fascinating that we're so cool about it when it's for like TMJ or Mm -hmm. headaches, Mm -hmm. but the second somebody does it because they want to represent, they want to feel like they have, like I had a friend once who had a lot of trauma as a child. And she said, Mm -hmm. you know, I got Botox because I was tired of my face looking like I was still in that trauma that I was still Mm. frowning, that I was still angry. And I wanted to relax that. And she's like, it was, it was really hard for me to come to that place of it. And I thought, you know, that's so hard that she couldn't even make this decision for herself without feeling judgment or like that Mm -hmm. it wasn't okay, or that she didn't deserve to have that piece of her healing. But if somebody went and got, had a headache and they went and got Botox, people would be like, oh, that's so amazing that it worked for you. It's such an interesting, it's like the same thing for two different categories. And we're really, we really come down on it. So it's just a, yeah, I'm nerding out on it a little bit, as you can tell. That's I've never really thought about it like that. And it's interesting because we tend to, I feel like, categorize things. We put them into boxes or columns like, okay, it's good when you do this, yeah. this, this, and this. But if you add this, then it's bad. Then you're yeah. moved over to this column. Yeah. So there's like these structure that structures that we're placed in. And I think especially women, because there's all these like fine lines of what we should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing, what's right, what's wrong. And it's like, who's deciding that? Like who, who, who is the all being person that's like, that's right, that's wrong. But we somehow still follow within these guidelines that we all are just kind of working through, but yeah, who's, who's the one saying that's right or wrong. It's, it's an interesting thought. And when do we get to be our own navigators? Like, when do we get to, when do we get to have that authority over ourselves? When do we get to kind of take back Mm -hmm. that a little bit? And, and I feel like a lot of us are really struggling through that where there's a lot of pressure to, you know, love yourself. And that just feels like another thing that you could be failing at in, in this Mm -hmm. whole mix. You know, there's a lot of people who are loving the conversations around finding love and peace within yourself. I'll I'll say it. Like I had, um, Botox for a a while and I really, really liked it. And then the last Mm -hmm. couple of years I haven't used it. And I've also just like loved seeing smile lines and laugh. Like there's, it's so funny that like it can change for you too. So like, why not just 
effing honor somebody on their, I don't know if you're allowed to swear. So like, no, you can completely swear, but like, you know, like honor, just honor somebody's decision. And even if it's the wrong one, just support them so that if they Mm -hmm. made the wrong decision and they need support later, when they realize that for themselves, that they have people to come to and they don't get to be, they're not just ostracized by, you know, all of it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's also true. Like you never really know the decisions why people do certain things. Like they could be just doing it to be vain, one, or they could be like have an insecurity or have things that they've gone through that they're just helping themselves like wake up a little better the next day or just feel a little bit more confident in their own skin because they of whatever has happened to them. So you don't really think about those when you're scrolling through or when you're seeing the filters. And there is this movement, which is really great that we're all kind of accepting who we are a little bit more. We're seeing different bodies and you're a huge person that helps people to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also just, there's still this like negativity around that as well. So I don't have the answer for that, but it's so interesting. It's a good question to ask though. And it's a good, it's, and I think what's important to remember too, is that the reasons you might decide for yourself might not be the same as somebody else. And I think I really, I really resigned myself to just be like, if I can hold space for everybody in whatever part of their journey they're at, remembering that I face tuned myself, I had planned out plastic surgeries. I have, you know, edited my body both by how I, by like not eating and also Mm -hmm. by, um, editing my body. I've done it in the physical and I've done it in the digital the last thing that I needed was somebody coming down hard on me. What I truly Mm. needed was people just coming alongside me and showing me that I was valued beyond these things so that I could work through it in that time that I worked through it. At no point has shame ever worked. (laughs) I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's an effective tool. And I think we do it to ourselves enough that I just feel like, and for some people it's a really positive, really, really positive life choice to be able to move forward through certain things. Um, and I'll say like for myself, the reason I opted to, um, not have plastic surgery, for instance, was because I personally was targeting my body as such a flawed thing that I felt like by changing it continuously, that's how I was going to find acceptance in myself. And Mm -hmm. so I really targeted certain areas. And so the plastic surgery thing felt like a really great bandage for that, but we know how bandages work. They cover the wound. They don't heal it. They don't go and make sure it doesn't get infected. And after seeing how I dealt with weight loss and the obsessiveness Mm -hmm. I had, I was genuinely terrified to get surgery just to become obsessive about something else that I felt like I wasn't good enough for. So I just went on this like mini quest of what if you could actually try and accept this instead? Mm. And it's funny because like, I've had really close people to me have the exact surgeries that I'd planned on. And I have not, I have no negative feelings, but I'm actually really happy for them. And then I'm really grateful that I didn't do it because I feel like now I look in the mirror and I was like, oh, it's not really, it's not even a thing for me anymore. It doesn't really cause mm-hmm. me this hiccup. And I got pregnant again. So it's probably good that I didn't, I didn't yeah. do the mummy makeover. I had no yeah. idea I was going to come back into this. So really interesting curve of life that, you know, mm-hmm. thank goodness my past decision-making really, really came through with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I think it's important to ask yourself if you feel like doing something like truly know why it is yeah. that you want to do that. And like, it's yeah. totally fine to want that, but like really get clear on it. So you know that you're making a decision for you versus yeah. a decision based on like everyone kind of getting the mommy makeover yeah. or everything that you're seeing that people are doing. People that seems feeling like, like they're, thing. yeah. Or people feeling like I, I need to do it. So my partner doesn't leave me. I need yeah. to do it because I want my friends to accept me because I want to be able to wear a bikini again. Like those are not actually like it is such a, but if, if the answer is because I want to be a little bit vain, let's be real. People hate themselves way more than they love themselves. So have at it. Have at it. Uh, This brings up for me. I want to go back into your story a little Mm -hmm. bit because I love kind of origin stories for people. Like you see you now and you have this huge following, this huge platform that you built, but I want to go back to the beginning because I've um, done a lot of like reading on what you've been through and kind of your story. So talking from the beginning, I know you went through a lot of changes. You were married and then got divorced. And I know we don't have to specifically speak on your divorce, but just like that time period and then starting the blog, like where were you at then and kind of your journey into where you're at now? Yeah. So I actually started blogging almost, I actually know it's been 13 years now. I always have Mm. to remember these timelines. So I had just moved away with my ex-husband far from family. We were living in this whole new town and I didn't really have any friends. 
but I had these two little babies and I was like in the pits of motherhood, like genuinely in the pits of it, probably struggling with a form of postpartum, especially having moved away from my family. And I remember I found my first blog and it was like, you remember 13 years ago was like, blogs weren't like a common thing. It was just this, like this whole world. And a lot of them were like in totally different areas. And and I remember just reading their stories and reading about their families and their homes. And for the first time in a really long time, I didn't feel alone. And I thought, you know, and who knows why I had this like glare of confidence that I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this too. I just wanted to be a part of it. I just so badly wanted to, I wanted to bridge the gap. I wanted to be in that with them. And so I started a blog and I think it was at first called frugal mama. And then I changed it after a little bit. Cause it was really cute. You always had to have like a cute blog name and cutesy name. Yeah. Cutesy, cutesy name. So I ended up kind of copycatting my um, aunt who named her chocolate shop after my two cousins cousins and their nicknames. And I was like, Oh, what are my kids nicknames? So I went after, mm-hmm. um, Gemma birdie and Maya papaya were their nicknames. I put them together and called it the birds papaya and started my blog. I was Googling, like, how do you go to blog? And just on nap times, I'd stay up to like 11 o'clock at night. I was a stay at home mom. I didn't have a car to go anywhere. This is like, all I was doing was like pouring myself into it and I had no money. So when I say I was doing blogging, I mean, like I was doing dollar store crafts and spray painting stuff I found at the thrift store and like having the audacity and the confidence to be like, yes, that's a blog. And you know, it was so bad. It was like, I can't express enough how bad it was because that was the beginning. Like I needed it to, I needed to do something so bad to learn how to get better. So that was yeah. kind of the beginning stages. And then fast forward, Instagram becomes a thing. And this is the first time we kind of saw the lens change from being like your home and your kids and all of that. And suddenly it was like on yourself. And at the exact mm-hmm. same time, we moved back from that place away and that far away, like six hours, we moved mm-hmm. back to my hometown and I had just had my third kid. So now my I've had three babies by the time I'm 25. I'm now like 27. We've moved home to my hometown. I'm 225 pounds. And I'm now having to exist in a world where I went to high school with these people that I'm running into at the local stores. And it just was not a, it was like everything just between Instagram being about you now, between Mm -hmm. being in my third postpartum, really grappling, probably again, undiagnosed, probably with a lot of mental health stuff around that. And then also just being at the highest weight I've ever been in my hometown. It was just so, it was everything all together. And I thought, you know what, I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I just want to lose the weight. And then I'll be able to, you know, exist in the world with my kids. I want to take them to the beach. I want to do all the stuff with them. And So I, I went on a quest to lose weight and I, again, no money. How do you lose weight when you've got no money and no access to figuring out how to do that? I downloaded an app on my phone and I started Mm -hmm. working out in whatever I had to wear, which is like genuinely pairs of jeans. Like it was wild, but Mm -hmm. I just committed to it. Um, problem was that app had no idea who I was, had no idea how my, my, body makeup, what I should be mm-hmm. doing and wasn't doing. I was eating what a toddler should eat in a day. It, mm-hmm. it, was it like a calorie tracking oh app yeah. kind of thing? Oh yeah. A very yeah. popular one, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did a lot of that. And yeah, so everything, been on that. <laughs> slowly as you go on, you, you grow to exist to know the calories and everything. So my whole life yeah. was a math equation. I very much mm-hmm. had this mentality of you know, you earn your food, um, you stay away from bad foods. There's no cheat days. Cause why would you cheat on a good relationship with yourself? There was a mm-hmm. lot of like this, right. It was a lot of food fear that kind of grew over the years. And, but I did mm-hmm. lose a lot of weight and the internet loved me for it. Like the, I, so all of this time, this point I've been doing blogging and Instagramming and all this stuff for like six years. And suddenly I'm losing weight and I'm getting all this attention. So yeah. all this validation, this like, oh, I want to be a part of it feeling is mm-hmm. finally happening for me. And I'm like, yes, this is it. This is what I've got to do. And I became a weight loss account and I was sharing mm-hmm. what I was eating. I was doing before and after photos. I was doing transformation pictures of my face, all of this different stuff. And 
I landed on the cover of a magazine. Again, everything I was saying and portraying online was very different from what was really going on inside because uh-huh. at the end of all of that, I was face tuning my body to look even smaller because I put my body on as the reason why people liked me. So if I wasn't getting smaller, where was I going to go? And, Mm -hmm. you know, at the same time going through therapy, trying to figure out myself, there was a lot of stuff going on in my personal world. And so I ended up separating from my husband, my then husband who I'd been with since I was 17, we got married at 19 and I moved in with my parents. I didn't tell anybody. I just was quiet about it because I was so shamed, but I slipped because of all that stress. I got, I dropped even lower in weight and I Mm -hmm. was like a size zero, like very tiny. And I remember people being like, oh my gosh, she's never looked better. Mm -hmm. I thought, I don't even know the last time I could keep a meal in and I'm struggling. This is the work. This is actually the, un- this is so unhealthy. I'm in the worst condition I've ever been, but all mm. anybody saw was that it was getting smaller. So congratulations. You're, you're yeah, t- that's all that mattered. Yeah. And I understand it. I don't blame anybody for that. I, I had created this system in which I was proud of my weight loss and proud of all these accomplishments while simultaneously being way more anxious to leave the house than I ever had been before, not actually doing all the stuff with my kids that I thought I was editing my photos. I was terrified to see, seeing people from high school. Are you kidding me? When you're editing your face online, you don't want to see anybody. Yeah. So much pressure, like so much Mm -hmm. pressure. And then just sit there with a, at at that time, I think I had like 60 or 70,000 followers, which was a lot. Mm-hmm. I was just looking at it going like, how am I going to, how am I going to recover from this? How am I going to get myself out of this situation, get myself rebuilt and tell everybody that, uh, I might've lied to myself and I might've lied to literally all of you too. And at the same time of all of this, there's the body positive movement that's happening in the background. Uh-huh. Let's give credit to the BIPOC community and the plus size community. They're the ones who were the actual activists behind this. And Mm -hmm. I think that was a, but there was a lot of these conversations around body acceptance and all this stuff. And what I found very interesting was so many of these people who were having these conversations started as a weight loss story. And I was like, huh, that's so curious to me. And there was one in particular person that shared a lot about her struggles through, you know, getting to her lowest weight and then finding out she still felt the same way and understanding Mm -hmm. that everything that's been packaged and sold to you for your entire life isn't actually true. You can get Mm -hmm. as small as you want and look as perfect as it is. It doesn't, it doesn't heal anything. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go through the very uncomfortable process of unlearning and unlearning the conditionings that people were putting on me, unlearning, um, food fear, unlearning what the, calories were in every single bite of everything. And really through tiptoeing my way through sharing myself genuinely through all that uncomfortableness. I mean, when I say like I, I tiptoed, I I very curatedly tiptoed into it. Mm -hmm. And then finally the day came when, you know, I'll just fast forward the story a little bit, but the day came when I was asked to model for something and, Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to share my stretch marks in a way that wasn't me posting. It was somebody else posting and had the opportunity to read comments that weren't meant for me. They were meant for the brand. And, and mm-hmm. I, at that point had no idea. I really have to like pause on this because when you look at the internet today and what you see today, seeing things like stretch marks is not abnormal. Three years ago, four years ago, I had never seen it. I'd never seen it before. I like maybe a couple on a girl's hips, like maybe, mm-hmm. but a stomach full of them. Like I had, mm-hmm. that was like my deepest of shame. Like it didn't matter mm-hmm. how much weight I lost or anything it, back to even when I was pregnant, I asked the photographer to like blur them out on our, my pregnancy mm-hmm. photos. Like it was horrifying for me. I cried a lot over that. So when this photo comes out of my stomach fully, And I'm reading the comments of like woman after woman after woman saying, oh my gosh, I've never seen a body like mine. That's what my stomach looks like. Oh my gosh, me too. This is me. This is so gorgeous. Look how gorgeous these are. Mm. And I was like, what? There's others? I couldn't believe there was other people. And so it just woke me up. And I realized that after that day, everyone had already seen it. There was already like this, this power that had over me 
was kind of starting to go away. And in my new relationship, I found myself not feeling like I constantly had to put a t-shirt on and walk backwards out of the bedroom because I had cellulite too. And, Mm. and all of these different conditionings, I was just slowly getting more comfortable with who I was. And it was through this process of sharing. So I just got real good at getting real uncomfortable with myself, whether it was in thoughts, whether it was in body stuff and like going there and putting it all out, knowing that the impact for me was freedom was a lot Mm -hmm. of freedom, but also acknowledging that even as I say this and speak it, I just had my fourth baby and it knocked me on my ass to look at my body again. So, I mean, it's, it's continuous work and it's stuff that you, you do for a lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the piece that you said that when it was out there, it, the fear of it and the power of it was taken away Mm because it was already in the world. And I think that's huge. And I think that we tend to hold ourselves back from a lot of things because of the fear of yeah. people seeing it, of the pe- fear of people judging it, yeah. of all of the fear basically. And I think that's a major point that by already being out there, it was taken away. And then it gave you a little bit more of your power back. Yeah. There's this quote and I, and I love to repeat it. I have no idea whose it is, but it says, once a secret is told, it loses its power. And I, and I kind of mm-hmm. feel like that's, that's where I am in life is like, there are so many secrets that we hold for ourselves and whether it's shame over our bodies or shame over, you know, the lives we told, the lives we may be told or the status of our relationship, admitting, even, even when I go back and I think about the shame I carried going through divorce and knowing that it was the, it was the right decision for me to get out of that and to leave but the shame being that I no longer looked like this cookie cutter family and having Mm -hmm. to face that, like while my, my fears in leaving and my shame in leaving had nothing to do with the situation itself. It had everything to do with what everybody else was going to think and what everybody else was going to say. Mm -hmm. And once the secret is told and it's losing it, losing its power, let me tell you, I had one person come to me and say, get your circle tight and get it closed know that you don't have to give answers to everybody's questions. They, you owe them nothing. And so I was like, okay. So I kept my circle tight and I kept it closed. There was very few who knew what was actually going on. And for years, genuinely years, I went through this pattern of understanding that eventually nobody was going to talk about this anymore. I'd seen other people go through divorce. You, you know, we've seen people go through scandals online Wait, three years later, nobody's talking about it. So in my head, Mm -hmm. I was like, if I just ride this out, nobody's going to talk about it anymore. And so that shame, I was like, I know my truth. I know who I am here. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to just hold my head high. The secret of the, you know, us getting divorced is out, but like there was other things that I could hold to my chest and, and protect with the right support system in place. Now I look back on it and I'm like, I, I carry no shame over that situation mm. because it was all about what everybody else is going to think. And you know what? They did think it. People did say she lost weight and she left her husband. People did say, oh, she had an affair. She did everything I feared mm. that they were going to say. They did say it. And guess what? It wasn't mm. as bad as I even made it up to be. So it was mm. a lot of just breaking out of the shame and the conditioning of what I thought other people were going to think that was truly taking such a hold on my life. And to this day still does. I I struggle with people pleasing a lot. Um, The people pleasing thing is a major. And I think it can, again, keep us really small if we're so concerned about what everyone else is going to say or think Mm -hmm. or all of that. I think if we just let go of that, I think a lot of amazing things can happen. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about um, the idea of this changing body. And I think that's something that we, especially as women, try so hard to not... Yeah. let happen almost. And I'm, I've had this conversation often lately with like friends or me. Mm-hmm. I was a dancer and I spent a lot of time like concerned about mm-hmm. my body and w- how that affected my performance and how that affected me getting jobs mm-hmm. and all of those things. So there was a lot of pressure put on myself and my body specifically and then leaving it and then not no, not having that pressure anymore. And like, what do I do with those feelings? What do I do with that? Those thoughts that I've built yeah. up for so long. And I've worked through that. But then also this idea of like motherhood and changing, like I'm in a committed relationship and I'm thinking about the long-term stuff and like all of those things Mm -hmm. that are coming next. And that will go Mm -hmm. hand in hand with your body changing, which is so beautiful. And it's incredible what the body can do. But there's like that power around pregnancy and all of that. But then 
after that postpartum is where we don't really talk about it so much. We do now more. There's like the shame put around that post body, that pregnant post pregnancy body, like the idea of like a woman needs to snap back and get back in it and the power put in that. So can you just talk me through like your experience with that and like breaking down your shame around your body and like how you got to this place that you're at currently of like accepting the stretch marks, looking at them as like beautiful and all the things that you do. Yeah. Like I said, three kids by 25 and living under the world's conditions, the same as you, where, you know, we are, we are told and repeated to that our goal is essentially to look like our 12 year old selves. If you think about it, that's essentially the goal. Just stay who you are as a teenager And my husband one time said this, like really, he said it like it's such in passing and it just like hit me like a ton of bricks to the chest. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. And he was like, yeah, I gain and lose about 30 pounds a year, but that's life. It just ebbs and flows. And I thought, the audacity to have such comfort to just go through life going up and down on the scale. And I just couldn't believe that there was such freedom that existed to truly just allow your body to move through seasons like that. And and even the seasons being encapsulated Mm -hmm. within a year felt really bizarre to me. The postpartum, my first three times was, you know, it was just hidden. It was all about your pregnancy and then you give birth and then, you know, the doors get shut in your face and you get really used to that, except for your Uh like core support systems. You get really used to that. You get, and I think that's why a lot of people really enjoy pregnancy because there's a lot of attention. There's a lot of like, congratulations. Uh There's so much joy all the way built up until you have that baby in those first couple of days afterwards. And then it's like the magic just disappears and you have to, you're now exhausted holding this baby who is eating from your body with stitches in your vagina with, you know, a belly that's overhanging the underwear, the underwear that is like literally disposable. You've got pads the size of Texas and you're like, what just mm-hmm. happened? This is what everybody wanted for me. Yeah. How dare you? And so there's this one, there's this one quote, um, Riley Laster said this on, on Twitter and I've mentioned it before, but she says, pregnancy is such a trip. The same belly that people admire while it grows and stretches to house your baby will be the exact same belly that people will scrutinize when it's not flat enough to fit society's virgin version of beauty after your baby is born. And that's essentially mm-hmm. it. That's what snapback culture is. And whether we like it or not, we, we are a part of it and we watch it. We, we wait for that. Oh, how is she going to do in six months? What is that one year after we see women fall into it too? Or like, I'm so proud of my body a year later. I've done this. I've done that. And the problem with this is, is this is incredibly nuanced for some women. Breastfeeding causes them to lose weight. Some people, it causes them to gain weight for some women. They've got mm-hmm. babies that don't sleep through the night for a year. So you're running on exhaustion. Try working out when you've had mm-hmm. literally three and a half hours of sleep. It's not even safe no. Try you know, having a ba- some babies nurse on a schedule or are, are bottle fed and some babies, you know, you are there all day long. You're just constantly with them. Try and make a good, healthy meal during that. You're grabbing what you can grab and you're eating what you can eat yeah. to have the pressure on top of that to feel like shit about yourself mm-hmm. because you're not performing enough when you're like, I've given everything. How dare yeah. you? It's such an ebb and flow moment. This is not a, this is not a point in time where 
I will give up because it's really hard. It's really, really hard to be in it, be in a place where you're losing sleep when you're losing your life that you once had, you're going through essentially what I've, what I have figured out for me is grief. You're grieving your body. You're grieving your lifestyle while simultaneously Mm. experiencing joy. And I remember when my daughter was born and all of my worries around what my body was going to look like afterwards, all this pressure and the snapback. And, you know, I'm all, obviously I was like committed to sharing it all. And I remember just looking at her and I just burst into tears because I was like, what the fuck does any of it matter? Like she's here. She's what she's what uh-huh. is the the purpose. Like this is it. And I have to show up for her. I can't miss out. I can't do to her what I did to my three older ones. This is what I always say to people. Like you only get one shot at this stuff. You only get these moments, whether mm-hmm. it's like intimacy with the partner or it's you know, going to the beach with your friends or it's experiencing the world with your children. We get one go at this. How dare people mm-hmm. put you to feel so small that you feel like you don't deserve to show up in your own life. So fuck it. My belly is loose. My breasts are leaking. We're doing all like I'm exhausted, but I want to show up and I want to exist in my life. And so if I need to do that in the messiest way and show it, but also in the most beautiful way and show it, I'm going to show up. I just want to just keep doing it, not waiting because we do this thing where like life happens when I look like this, I need to diet for the vacation. Mm -hmm. I have to get ready for the wedding. It starts very, very early and it's very targeted and it's everywhere. It happens as soon as you're pregnant, you'll get started. You'll start to get the diet ads targeted towards you for snapback. It is a, it is an industry that runs on you feeling bad about yourself. So of course, pregnancy Mm -hmm. is like the most, the most vulnerable time, like pregnancy and postpartum, just a very vulnerable time. And so I just feel a lot of protection over, over that season of life for so many women. And I guess ultimately I just want to remind people that I'm in the arena. It's not easy. You can't just expect you to just love yourself and you're going to trek through this and it's going to be great and beautiful and wonderful. I am not feeling great about my body and I'm simultaneously showing up and doing all the things and living my whole life because at the end of the day, and I, and I give beauty redefined a lot of credit for this. We are more than a body. Our body is an instrument, not an ornament. And uh, we really deserve Mm. to show up and live our own lives. Everything you said was just incredible. And it you can rob yourself of a lot of moments of a lot of experience if you're putting so much focus on your body or especially things that you cannot control. Like you are you just created life yeah. essentially and you are brought all this beautiful stuff into the world. And if you're just focusing on the snapback or the process of losing weight or like getting to an end goal, then what's all the stuff that happens in the in between, you're going to kind of lose sight of if you are so focused on that. And I think that's huge. And a lot of people don't necessarily talk about that so much. And I I love that you do that. We feel the pressure to wait to share until it's like perfect or wait to show up when we feel good or confident or like ready, but it it doesn't really matter. I think it's, I think what's important is just showing up in in general. Absolutely. And you know what? Everyone's going to be different and there's no shame for people. There's no, I don't allow shame in my world or community. Like if somebody literally looks like they snapped back a week after they had a baby, let's just not say anything about it. Let's just genuinely let them live their lives. Because the second you say, oh, congratulations, you look so good. Or you look like you've lost the baby weight or you look like this. We have no idea what's actually going on. And I think that this is what I'm reminded of every time I remember what weight loss compliments do to somebody. It just reminds somebody like you are a greater value to me when you are smaller or when you look more of this standard. And her next baby might not be the same circumstance. There might be illness that happens. There might be change that happens to her body as her life goes forward. So not allowing shame on any end of the spectrum, allowing people to show up in their bodies, even if they fit the societal standard, because we saw this a lot in this last year, we saw, you know, Emrata showed her belly like 12 days after birth. And people were like, how, how dare you? You're making women feel bad. Again, this is her body. Mm. Why, why is there Mm. this tipping scale of, only if you look like less like the societal standard, are you allowed to show up? If you show up a societal standard, we hate you for it. And it's not fair to us. It makes mm-hmm. us feel bad. Let's do some inner work. if something mm-hmm. like that comes up. And let's remember that we have, like for me, I had somebody I was following who had a baby around the same time. She posted a three month 
postpartum before and after. And I felt like crap about myself. And you know what I did? I owned that. Mm. I took control of that. And I muted her for protection of myself, not out of judgment for her. And I think we have to really remember that we do have control over things like that. That's one of the beauty parts of social media is that we can protect ourselves Mm -hmm. when we, when we need to sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we can. And so instead of being like, this makes me feel bad about myself that you showed this, I'm going to be like, this made me feel bad about myself. I need to do some work. Uh, And so I'm going to, I'm going to remove myself from your community for a little bit while I do that work. And that's okay. Yeah. Cause it's, we don't have to always comment on it. If you were affected by it, you could just keep scrolling. I wish people knew that. (laughs) And yeah, people don't know that they really want to be like, well, anyways, I'm going to be unfollowing because I hate you because you did that. So great. Um, but yeah, it's there, it goes on both sides of the spectrum, which is true. Like it doesn't just go for like the person that's struggling and also can go for the person that snaps back like that. Like it, it goes for all things. And I think when we put, again, we put things into categories of good and bad. That's when it, becomes an issue like everything yeah. is just everything let everyone yeah. live their own lives let everyone have their own bodies and just show yeah. how they Let's are. love people for more than their bodies like genuinely at the end of the day somebody yeah. can have the most perfect body but if they have the personality of wet cardboard we don't like it we're not going to stick around yeah, for it so i understand that like attractiveness yeah. and societal standards exist and they might influence us but at the end of the day we wouldn't stay with our partners if they were boring and you know caused us like mental fatigue to be around and if your partner genuinely only likes you for your body and like your body changes and they're like, Oh, this isn't for me. They don't even know you Like they, they're not, they're not in it for you. They were there for us. They were there for a statue and you're not a statue. You're a moving, breathing, living person. So to remove that fear for ourselves, but I will say a lot of relationships do struggle when somebody is struggling in self-confidence and it shows up in their relationship. You know, I found myself doing it right after I gave birth, I started changing in the hallway and my husband kind of was like, what's going on with you? Like, and I was just like, I'm just feeling a lot of shame. My stomach is like really loose and I've never had it be like this. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, there was like an entire human in that stomach. Right. Like, you know, that's like super normal. And I expect (sighs) to see that. Like I'm not, I, and I was like, wow. Oh, but you know, that changed our intimacy for a little bit. So I was like, I just feel really weird about myself. I I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. So showing that to somebody else felt really almost too vulnerable for yeah. me. I could show it to the internet, no problem. But to my husband face to face, I was like, this is like taking yeah. some breaths, but I have to remind myself. And he's reminded me, he genuinely is here for me. He's like, you could look like this for the forever and ever. And I know you're going to change. You're constantly in a state of change. Everyone chases like this fixture of a, of a being like, I just want to be this after photo. And the fact is we are never going to be that. We're constantly changing no matter what we are changing. Yeah. So don't fixate on, you know, this moment of time that we, that we hope to exist to be and just live your life. And so he's very much reminded me and taught me through the years that I, we can be loved for more than certain things and that it's okay to be touched and held, even in the parts that are the most uncomfortable for us and really working through that and understanding the meaning behind it. Like at the end of the day, he just wants to hold me. He just wants that intimacy. He just wants that those moments with me and I'm removing them from the opportunity because I'm afraid of what he thinks. And all he thinks is I just want to hug my wife. Mm. I know. Yeah. That's so special. And we all deserve to feel that kind of love. And I love that you have a partner like that, that can support you. And he sounds incredible. And that's exactly it. Like we, no matter what we look like, no matter what we're doing, we deserve love within as long as you're not mean to other people, but we deserve to be loved and no matter what uh, aspect of your life that you're going through. And I love that you said that. I'm wondering, because you are such a big force in in the social media world, like how do you continuously, one, show up for your community, two, show up for as a mom, and three, show up in a, as a partner, and then four, how do you show up for yourself within all that? Because I feel like you're constantly just like showing up, showing up. Like how do you keep doing that over yeah. and over again with you like, know it's you good that I don't really know that I have any sort of power like it's a great thing that's never really gotten to my head because I just I genuinely have done what I've been doing for 13 years and what I did for you know the decades before that but mm-hmm. just to a very smaller audience I share my life I, I like to it's mm-hmm. I've always 
story told and always, you know, talked about the stuff I love until the cows came home. My mom used to not let me go to groceries shopping with her anymore. Cause she was like, I always spend a hundred dollars more than I should when you're here. <laughs> Cause you're like, Oh, these pop darts, they are the best. I saw this commercial. Da, 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 da. Uh, she was like, you <laughs> always did that. I won for speeches when I was a kid and I, I got in trouble all the time for talking too much wow. in class. I genuinely, who I've been is just who I am now, but there was a season of time where I really became a shell of that person. And I feel like when I went back to mm-hmm. therapy, when I went to therapy for the first time, my, my therapist was like, you're a bit of a sponge. And I was like, okay, that's cute. She's like, you know, you genuinely struggle to form your own opinions. You're just sponging everybody else's and making them your own. So I want you to take time with yourself and start mm-hmm. thinking about who you are. What do you like? Like ask yourself those questions, take time. Don't rush through life. Like just take time with it a little bit and figure out what you like. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. it would be like, I just have a very clear memory of driving one day. And it was like in the middle of August or September, I think. And the leaves had started falling from the trees and they were falling with the wind and it was like falling and I'm driving and I just start to weep. And I'm like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I've never taken pause with myself to even notice how much I love this. And so I just started doing a lot of that. And what was really cool about it is I was writing it down. I was making notes. I was writing myself letters And I started creating in a way that was a reversal from what I did before, which is like, I have a pretty picture. Now I have to find a caption. And so I'd Google Mm -hmm. inspirational quotes on for Instagram. And I got away with that for a really long time. (laughs) And then I reversed it. And I was like, okay, I've got stories to tell. I, they became like mini blogs and I hadn't been doing a lot of blogging anymore. So I just took these notes that I had in my phone and they began to be my captions and I would write them in a way and I'd be like, I have no idea Mm -hmm. if this makes sense to anybody. I have no idea if this connects with anyone. And what's so cool about people is like, we do connect, we do connect over similarities and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so I just started doing that. And and that's just an extension of me. Who's, who's been a mom since I was pregnant at 20. So my whole life has been sharing of myself and sharing with others. And I would say partnered mm-hmm. now feels very different because he gives a lot of space for me, but I really want us, like we have both been divorced. So understanding that, you know, relationships are fragile and to give intentionality around it while also having four kids and running a business. And he also works like it, it can be yeah. tough, but we, yeah. we just, take those little moments as much as we can, even if it's as simple as just the squeeze of the hand at the end of the day and a kiss in the morning, we're still there and we're still in it. And I remember when the baby was first born, we both looked at each other. It's like, I miss you so much, but I'm right here. Like we are right here and I miss you. Like it's okay to miss each other within the shell of the relationship because that was this, that's the season, right? Like that's just what we're in. But I'm never, I never know what I'm going to post tomorrow. I genuinely have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how long any of this is going to exist in last and last we're all, you know, somebody said to me, you know, your Instagram is just rented space. And I was like, Oh my God, my entire career is on rented space. I don't even own it. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm just moving through the best wow. way I can and, and trying to use the voice that I've been God given, you know, to use in this world and taking the parts of me that I silenced for a little bit. And, And allowing myself that room to think, Mm -hmm. that room to be with myself and that, you know, that journey with my kids who have been, they've been in it since they were born. So they're in it with me and we, we have a really cool life, like genuinely. And I say that not because of any form of success. We had a really cool life when we had no money and uh, no car and living at Nana and Papa's house. (laughs) Like we we've had an adventure together. And so I kind of just like to view it that way. It's messy as hell and that's okay. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think you mentioned this on your blog, the idea of just like God moments and like God pushing you and whether it's God for people or maybe it's the universe or maybe it's just like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. there's like that driven factor. And it, it seems like you, it just, it's almost like channeled through Mm -hmm. with the way that you share things. You've saying like, you don't have a plan for the things that you're going to post or you're going to necessarily say, but it does connect with someone and it just feels like it's meant to be. And I'm so thankful for women like you that continue to put themselves out there. Cause I know it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the easiest thing in the world, but just thank you. Thank you. No, I'm glad you you said that. Cause I think a lot of us are living the way that I like to compare it the best is when I was living life in a certain way, it felt like I was constantly trying to push a train when it was off its tracks. 
and I was still going, I was still in it. I was still doing everything I could, but it was so much work and so much energy. And it was like, how can you even be yourself when you're pushing a train that's off its tracks? And as soon as I started making changes, as soon as like I left that 11 year relationship, as soon as I started, you know, using my voice more and all these things, life took off. Like it's, it's so fascinating to me how life will show up for you if you show up for yourself. And so, and, and I, and I say that understanding that Mm -hmm. there's privilege within everything, but I Mm -hmm. met my, I met my now husband two weeks after I left a a 11 year relationship. We didn't get together or anything, wow. but that's how fast I met him. I landed my dream job at a publishing company, like literally within days of splitting. I, you know, right after showing up for myself and understanding after realizing I was showcasing disordered eating online and everything and having to turn it all around, realizing that everyone was probably going to unfollow me. I actually instead found success. Mm. So every moment that I've chosen myself, that I've chosen to show up, that I've chosen to be honest and vulnerable and gritty and real about it, life came and met me there and it, Mm -hmm. and it kind of took off. So I just think it's really important for anybody who feels like mm. it, And that's what I mean, like life goes on the tracks, right? So if anybody ever feels like they're living a life where it just feels like they're constantly pushing, they're just constantly, they're not on the tracks and they can feel it. I think we all know it and you feel it. And it's such an unspoken thing. Sometimes we all get it. We're in relationships where we're like, I don't actually think this is forever, but I feel like I'm just here right now. And I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't actually like this job, but I'm just doing it. Cause I don't know what else I should be doing. And all of these types of things, knowing that life, if you get it on its tracks, can go click, 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 and off it goes. It's such an incredible thing when you live genuinely and authentically for yourself and for others and for the benefit of others, right? If you're if you're your best you, you serve up, you serve mm-hmm. your best self to others. It's not it's not a narcissistic thing. It's about the bigger picture too, right? And and the imprint you want to leave on the world yeah. and what you want to tell your kids about. So that's what I try and do every day. Yeah, I think you absolutely do. And that's so true. Sometimes it could be a huge change that you have to do in order to get it on the track mm-hmm. or it can be just a small shift that just helps you to feel like your true yes. self in order to get you there. So I think that's great because it you are the one and mm-hmm. kind of, that can do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's beautiful. Um, okay. I just have like two final questions and then we can wrap. So I'm wondering, Sarah, because you share so much and you're so open, like is there anything that you've ever – shared or wanted to share differently that you might like take back or just shift in a way since this podcast is called something to share? You know, I would say that I usually find out I shouldn't have shared something when I shared it. And then people are like mad at me, but that doesn't happen very often. Cause I give a lot of, I give a lot of space for people and a lot of room for different opportunities, but I would say within this last year, it's been spicy. There's a lot of division that exists out there. So you can't say there are certain things that I'm like, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. It's, it's not worth my energy. So, uh, yeah, there, that, that would be the only thing. And it's not even by my choice. I, if it were my choice all the time, I would genuinely tell everybody about everything I thought all every second of the day, but it's just, yeah. sometimes you realize that the world isn't open for everyone to have different opinions from them and it's not worth my energy to do so. So yeah, I would say that just the last year has been very different. I've been quieter about things that, I would like to talk more about, and that's based on experience and my own mental health capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen that yeah. as well, and I totally understand yeah. what you mean. Totally. Um, last question. Could you share one last piece of advice? It could be related to what we are talking about or something completely random. Any last piece of advice to leave us off? Everybody needs to, if you struggle with people pleasing in any sort of the word and sense, and I think we all do. First of all, finding out that Oprah does like blew my mind, but go and listen to her on the podcast on armchair expert. It was like their side podcast mm-hmm. that they did with Kristen Bell and Monica. It will change your life. I promise you. I've listened to it four times now. I can't get enough of it. And I think when you're a people pleaser, you feel like it must mean that you have low self-esteem or that you have imposter syndrome or that you're constantly serving the world and serving other people to have somebody who we hold up in the highest of regards, like Oprah Winfrey and have her be like, I really struggle with people pleasing. And here's the things that I've done. Here's how I struggle. Here's the different, it will blow you away to hear her speak into that um, reality through her through success. Right. And I think remembering that you can struggle with mental health and have success. You can have relationships. You can be a parent. You can struggle with people pleasing and still be Oprah Winfrey. 
So my advice is to go and listen to that podcast. I'm going to go do that right after this because I'm obsessed with all of those people. I love Dax. I love the the side. I love Kristen. I'm obsessed with Oprah since yeah. I was a child, since she first came onto TV. So I'm even if you zoom well. to like the minute 20 mark, it takes off yeah. from there. Perfect. I will be doing that right after this. So thank you so much. Can you just share like where everyone can find you if they don't already follow yeah. you, podcast, everything that you're yeah. doing? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's such a nice opportunity to talk to a new community. So thanks for that. Um, yes. I will always be hanging out on my Instagram stories. That's where the, I don't, I always think I'm boring as hell, but apparently not. And uh, so I'm usually, <laughs> that's my Instagram's my wheelhouse. I'm at the birds papaya as I said, it's my kids' nicknames, but I'm always there. I'm always in stories. I post, I'm going to make you laugh. Or I'm going to make you cry. My stories will probably make you laugh. My posts might make you cry. There's not a lot in between. Goodness. I've got uh, my podcast called The Papaya Podcast, where we talk everything mental health to relationships to Britney Spears. And uh, Love it. I also have a photo. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to plug away. Um, I have an app. <laughs> if you have an iPhone, I've got a free app called... Um, pink papaya and its goal is to help people be creative with their photos without actually digitally altering themselves taking away because there's so many apps out there and there are a lot of them aim to change you change your face change your body we want to aim to give you back your storytelling tool which is being creative and we have something that i think nobody else has which is glitter stretch marks so you can uh, you can glitter your stretch marks on the app you got glitter to your backgrounds you can glitter 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 and it also works for video I'm going to get that. I love an app that does that yeah. too. So I didn't know you had that app yeah. and I will be downloading that Amazing. too. So I have to thank, you. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being here. You are such a light and just thank you. Thank you, you so much. This was so lovely. It was just so nice to go back in my story a little bit again and, and uh, bring it forward a little bit um, for someone that might need to hear it. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.